On this fun-packed episode of Paranormally Speaking, I will be discussing celebrities who are allegedly Satanists. I'll start off with 15 celebrities accused of worshipping Satan. The world always finds a way to allege successful people of numerous lies and exaggerations as their actual reason behind impressive accomplishments. Uh, For example, your illusionists and people like David Copperfield and David Blaine. The way they do the illusions and the tricks they do. They had to have sold their soul to Satan, am I right? That was always the thing in the 80s and 90s. People immediately jumped to that, or evangelicals immediately jumped to that. Like saying if you touched a book about Harry Potter, you would basically damn yourself to hell. Total bullshit, but nonetheless. Among those ways Satan worship, or Satanism to be precise is the trendiest one on social media these days. From politicians to musicians, they are accused of selling their souls to the devil in exchange for uncanny talents and endless fame. Following are 15 celebrities accused of worshiping Satan. Now this one, I don't know if he's a Satan worshiper or just mentally ill. Marilyn Manson, starting with the most obvious one, Marilyn Manson is a pioneer of alternative metal and shock rock. Not really. That would be Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper would definitely be the pioneer of shock rock. But right now I'm talking about Marilyn Manson. Despite all the negativity and controversy surrounding the self-proclaimed Antichrist superstar, the musician has tons of fans around the globe, visibly vocal when it comes to taunting Christ and glorifying the devil himself. Manson has been suspected of worshiping the devil since day one, and the satanic iconography contained in his lyrics and image supports these accusations. Now, this next one was like out of left pocket. Barack Obama. Due to the dedication and hard work, Barack Obama was able to slap the face of every single racist stereotype by becoming the first ever African-American president of the United States of America. At least that is what the majority of the world believes, whereas conspiracy theorists argue that Obama is nothing more than a puppet who does everything that the devil tells him to do. His frequent devil horns gesture has convinced many people that the president is a practicing Freemason and Satanist. Somehow the Freemasons are always categorized into this. Eminem is next on the list. Speaking of breaking racial stereotypes, the white boy from Detroit faced immense bullying once he decided to launch his music career as a rapper. In a couple of years, Eminem became the greatest rapper alive today. So how did the white musician become a master of the genre dominated by black artists? By selling his soul to the devil. The rapper was frequently referenced and has referenced Satan in his lyrics as hints and codes, raising the eyebrows of conspiracy theorists everywhere. I've listened to his music. In reality, he mocks Satan. Um, Doesn't really say that he owes Satan anything. He just kind of mocks everyone and everything under the sun. Nothing's off the table for Eminem. Robert Johnson. The habit of accusing talented musicians of selling their souls to the devil goes way back. And Robert Johnson stands out as one of the earliest examples. Born in 1911, Johnson developed a taste for songwriting and guitar and soon established himself as one of the greatest blues musicians of all time. Due to his poorly documented life and dying young at the age of 27, 27 Club, rumors of Johnson selling his soul 
to the devil in exchange for exceptional musical skills have spread like wildfire. Apparently, the possibility of Johnson working hard to achieve his skills is not likely enough. Jay-Z. Not only is Jay-Z been accused of being a time traveler or an immortal without a shadow of a doubt. Rapper Jay-Z is one of the most commercially successful and best-selling musicians alive today. Furthermore, the rapper owns sports bars, sports agencies, clothing lines, and a few recording studios. Apart from making a name in the entertainment and business industry, Jay-Z has also made quite a name for himself among the celebrities of accused of worshipping the devil and the triangle symbol he makes constantly with his hands during his concerts proves it. And he's also apparently involved in the Illuminati, along with the next one on our list, Beyonce, his wife. The wife of Jay-Z is not far behind when it comes to the numerous celebrities who employ satanic symbols to make everyone believe that she worships the devil, just like any other celebrity who has reached the top of their game. The accusers have a hard time believing that her singing talent has anything to do with her being immensely rich, commercially successful, and winning numerous awards. The producing one hit song after another raises suspicion. Ozzy Osbourne. The devil appeared in human form. He would probably resemble Ozzy. Knowing as known as the godfather of heavy metal, the musician resembles the very embodiment of a devil worshiper. Then again, almost every heavy metal musician does. Along with his band, Black Sabbath, Osborne has employed fire, skulls, dark messages, and even satanic iconography in his lyrics, music videos, album covers, and to make everyone believe that he might be a Freemason. In reality, Ozzy Osborne is the furthest thing from a Satan worshiper. He did it all for shock value, to make money, and to draw a crowd. That's what the early days of metal was all about, scaring the pants off of parents and leading the rebellion against the establishment. Nothing more. Ozzy Osbourne is not a Satan worshiper that I can testify to. Rihanna. This is interesting. Over the years, the accusations of being a devil worshiper have never left Rihanna in peace due to the several one-eyed images, satanic gestures, demonic descriptions, and even the allegations of bat-masking in her music. It seems that Rihanna will forever be known for selling her soul to the devil. During her interview with Hot 97, the Barbados singer sarcastically admitted that she worships the devil, but later clarified that she was just joking. Nonetheless, conspiracy theorists consider it her confession of the truth. Michael Jackson... The magic of Michael Jackson might never, ever be replicated by any other artist. He danced and sang as if his life depended on it, and it always left the audience wanting more. Destined for greatness, ever since he started his career as a child with his siblings, collectively known as the Jackson Five. Everyone knew there was something special about Michael Jackson. Taking a closer look... At music videos of Jackson, several images and weird symbols can be observed, which can make one convinced of the possibility that the musician was part of the Illuminati conspiracy and glorified the devil in terms of art. Now, this one's weird. George W. Bush. Seeing is not always believing, and that is where the former president of the United States of America comes in. Constantly appearing in public while exhibiting the devil's horn gesture, experts have concluded that George W. Bush worships Satan. Problem is, uh, he's from Texas, and the Longhorns are a big thing in Texas when it comes to football. 
So if you're from Texas, you're giving the longhorn symbol, which kind of resembles the devil horns on your head, but not that at all. And Ronnie James Dio is the one who coined the whole devil horns gesture that you see in heavy metal concerts. And it was something that his grandmother taught him when he was young. It's not a devil horns gesture. It's to call out the evil eye, to keep the devil's eye off of you. The pinky and the index finger up is like a warning. It is a protection. Uh, I guess you could consider that white magic, or maybe his grandmother was a mountain witch. I don't know. But nonetheless, Ronnie James Dio explained it as warding off the devil's eye, not devil horns, not paying homage to Satan. Whether or not Bush is an actual Satan worshiper, conspiracy theorists have made up their minds. As a matter of fact, they probably believe that Spider-Man worships the devil every time he slings a web because of his gesture of his hand. John Lennon, as the heart of the Beatles, John Lennon took the concept of backmasking to a whole new level. As the album Revolver, which is my favorite Beatles album, was filled with subliminal messages. Furthermore, it is alleged that John Lennon could understand and speak the reversed English language. Like, see, I can do that too. Author Joseph Niazgada reveals in his book, The Lennon Prophecy, a new examination of the death clues of the Beatles, that the musician made a pact with the devil himself in exchange for eminence, but paid the price by an early death. Is your Fippinerpus wet yet? Paul McCartney is next. The bass guitarist of the Beatles, love his music too, is not too far behind when it comes to the devil worship. But that makes things eerie, is the idea that Paul McCartney was brought back to life by satanic rituals. There has been a consistent rumor that the real Paul McCartney died in a car accident in 1966 and was replaced by a lookalike, but conspiracy theorists have used that gossip to come up with devilish rumors of their own that Paul McCartney was in fact brought back by satanic ritual. Lady Gaga. Now this chick's just weird. I don't really think she's a saint worshiper. She's the second to none when it comes to the popularity of modern-day musicians. I honestly think she's hackneyed, but anyway, as far as her music is concerned, it will not even take a patient from a mental asylum to realize the demonic agenda hidden inside her music videos and live performances. When it comes to the celebrities accused of practicing Satanism, Lady Gaga might be the real deal, considering the fact that she left a bathtub full of blood in a London hotel. Furthermore, the pop artist once sarcastically admitted to worshipping the devil on Jimmy Kimmel Live, which led to Jimmy Kimmel laughing uncomfortably as per usual. Jimmy Page. Love Led Zeppelin, and I've heard this about Jimmy before. Regarding the greatest rock band of all time, Led Zeppelin has made one masterpiece of a song after another. As their fame grew, so did the allegations of being affiliated with satanic rituals. Now, I do know Jimmy Page was fascinated with the occult. That doesn't mean that he was sacrificing infants or cats. The accusations were mostly targeted toward lead guitarist Jimmy Page and suggested that he practiced satanic rituals on a daily basis. Several of the songs by the band, particularly Stairway to Heaven, which I want played in my memorial service upon my death, contained demonic messages when heard backwards. Yeah, you play it backwards, and it allegedly says Sweet Satan. Now, I've tried playing it backwards on my own record player, and it sounds like that. That's about it. There's no My Sweet Satan. doesn't exist. Number one on the list, Madonna. There is not 
any other celebrity more linked with the accusations of devil worship than the Queen of Pop, Madonna. Not a stranger to controversy, Madonna's performances have frequently included occult symbols, true, mocking of religion, very true, and strange duets with young starlets, which have been considered an act of passing the torch and an Illuminati rite of passage. As a practitioner of Kabbalah, which is an Israeli uh, Judaism, but more New Age Judaism, Madonna has described herself as a big believer in ritualistic behavior. I mean, pomp and circumstance within the Catholic Church is ritualistic behavior. Nonetheless, perhaps her most alarming performance occurred in the 2012 Super Bowl, in which she wore a Baphomet costume and executed a creepy musical encounter with Nicki Minaj. Baphomet, of course, is the goat that sits on the throne with two fingers up, one hand extended out, normally with small children gathered around. Uh, it's the uh, the goat figure that's used among the satanic church and Satanists. Uh, symbolism, of course. Above 50 years of age, the secret behind her young looks has often been attributed to Satan worship and using the blood of the young to bathe in. True or not, it will not be a surprise if Madonna actually turns out to be a worshiper of the devil. Nothing surprises me anymore because we live in a totally effed up world. Please hold for an important message from one of my sponsors. Now playing one of the biggest podcasts of the week on the free iHeartRadio app. Now number one for podcasting. Now that we're back, some things that have really piqued my interest through the years, the fact that the Satanic Church had a stronghold on Hollywood and early filmmakers of the 1960s, uh, Roman Polanski, various other celebrities and filmmakers doing independent films and having the Rolling Stones or the Beatles do the soundtrack for movies filmed within the Satanic Church by Anton Sander LaVey, uh, who was essentially the founder of the Satanic Church and the godfather of late 20th century modern-day Satanism. Now, Sammy Davis Jr. reportedly dabbled in Satanism, having attended gatherings hosted by the Church of Satan in an advanced excerpt from his 1980 memoir, Hollywood in a Suitcase, obtained by the Post, but edited out of the final release. He stated, It was a short-lived interest, but I still have many friends in the Church of Satan. I say this to only show that however bizarre the subject, I don't pass judgment until I have found out everything I can about it. People who can give up an interesting case will often find that I am willing to convert. And this, of course, was from Sammy Davis Jr., who was of the Rat Pack with Frank Sinatra. Uh, that whole group, they did the original Ocean's Eleven movie. They were huge in the 50s. And, of course, Frank Sinatra came up in the 40s and the 50s and kind of ran the music scene at that point in time, along with Bobby Darin, Tony Bennett, Dean Martin. And the secret history of Jane Mansfield's bizarre connection to the Church of Satan is another one that really piqued my interest. You know, we had known this story for a long time, recalls uh, filmmaker Todd Hughes, that Jane Mansfield had flirted with Satanism, or so we thought, and that she was decapitated in a car crash, which turns out not to be true. For Hughes, 
and co-director P. David Ebersole. These long circulating rumors served as jumping off points for their new documentary, Mansfield 6667. In the film, they examined the last two words of the old Hollywood bombshell's life by interlacing footage from films, interviews, and photo ops, which press clippings and commentary from subversive director John Waters' experimental filmmaking. Kenneth Anger, Warhol Factory star Mary Warnov, and Hitchcock actress Tippi Henderson, among others. It's the myth that interests use an Ebersole rather than pinning down what actually transpired before Mansfield died in a fatal car crash at the age of 34. Mansfield 6667 tracks the bizarre and tragic events that occurred after the actress began associating with Anton Xander LaVey, the high priest of the Church of Satan. After LaVey supposedly put a curse on Mansfield's then-boyfriend, Sam Brody, her divorce attorney and de facto manager, a series of misfortunate beset them. Mansfield's son, Zoltan, got mauled by a lion, and Brody was in a string of car accidents, with the couple and their driver dying in a horrific crash less than a year after meeting LaVey. In the 1950s, Jane Mansfield was groomed by 20th Century Fox to be their answer to Marilyn Monroe. After starring in the 1955 Broadway hit, Will Success Spoil Rock Hunter?, Mansfield was named one of the most promising newcomers at the 1957 Golden Globe Awards for her breakthrough performance in the 1956 film The Girl Can't Help It. For a brief time, she was a popular performer, playing mostly comic roles as a pneumatic blonde with an exaggerated and obvious appeal. Hughes and Ebersole document how the tensions of the Cold War climate allowed Mansfield to become a sensation in the 1950s and how the radical cultural shift of the 60s soon left Mansfield out of step with the times. The period leading up to her death was like so peculiar, use muses. Speaking from the Provincetown International Film Festival earlier this year, Jane was an anti-Vietnam activist. People were experimenting with drugs and questioning their faith. Time magazine cover line asked, Is God dead? The filmmakers believe that while Mansfield was indeed publicly mad, she was also a very intelligent woman who was figuring out a way to support her five children and reckon with three ex-husbands. She crafted the phenomenal larger-than-life movie star image in the 1950s that completely fell out of, out of vogue, says the Ebersole. In the 1960s, everyone wanted to be real and down-to-earth. We always thought... That's part of why she got caught up in seeking. That's part of why she became, found her way to the Church of Satan. LeVay, who painted this Victorian house in San Francisco black and wore outlandish costumes with plastic horns and a cape, was not a true dictionary definition Satanist. The Church of Satan, which he founded in 1966, does not believe in the devil or in the Christian or Islamic conception of Satan, but rather an inflammatory figure who espoused individualism, pleasure, and self-preservation. He drew aesthetic inspiration from horror films and the Munsters and the established The Church of Satan Incorporated with a publicist in tow. Anton LaVey was like Hugh Hefner, says Hughes. He just used the word Satan to get attention, 
but his whole thing was about empowering people and rebuking Catholicism. Ebersole adds that LeVay was also important in what he represented that the 60s self-enlightenment, Jane was judged by her sexuality. He was saying, be yourself. After meeting LeVay during a trip to the 1966 San Francisco Film Festival, Mansfield was intrigued. The unlikely pair were photographed at the downtown L.A. restaurant, La Scala, and at Mansfield's Pink Palace by her heart-shaped pool. Though there are no photos of LeVay performing satanic rituals with Mansfield against a backdrop of a tiger-skin rug, the actress told reporters that she was Catholic and that she did not believe in his church, but that she regarded him as a genius and an interesting person. As a duo, they call to mind Pamela Anderson and Julian Assange, another knockout beauty drawn to a man of obscure forbidden knowledge. Anger, who is known by his interest in the occult and who cast LaVey in his 1969 film Invocation to My Demon Brother, doesn't believe LaVey was a powerful enough magician to put a serious curse on someone and have it actually work. Curses smirches, he declares, in the film. It is likely that the friendship between Mansfield and LaVey was in large part a publicity stunt, but the movie touches on what the odd couple had in common and why they would have been captivated by each other. Besides their unquestionable desire for publicity, they both had self-aware, tongue-in-cheek public personas, that were connected to taboos about sexuality and self-expression. Though Mansfield was seemingly at odds with the feminist movement, Ebersole counts his mother as one of the feminists of the time who would have viewed the image of what Jane Mansfield represents as antithema to women, coming into their full selves. Today she might be embraced as a canny sex-positive woman, Though, to use a phrase from a psychologist who appears to be in the documentary, the line she walked between empowerment and exploitation was one that was decidedly unclear. Use and Ebersole speculate that she had lived. Mansfield may have been rediscovered by art house auteurs like Fellini or American independent filmmakers, or perhaps a transgressive artist like Waters. For her part, Mansfield emerges as a sympathetic figure. Near the end of the documentary, there's an archival news clip in which Mansfield is asked, how much longer do you think you can be a sex symbol? Cooley, the actress who was not yet in her mid-30s, replies, forever, darling, regardless of whether her poise was partly a pose, you can't help but admire her self-possession, which she attributes to what the founder of the Satanic Church Anton Xander LeVay taught her. Unparalleled Insider Access. Get it all. Introducing the SiriusXM Platinum VIP Plan. Our newest, most exclusive plan. Listen in two cars, plus stream anywhere with two app logins. Access a massive, exclusive library of live concert video and audio recordings through nugs.net. Have opportunities to experience live and virtual SiriusXM events, including VIP-only exclusives. Get all your questions answered by a dedicated VIP customer care team. Plus, get all the entertainment we've got. It's all included with your Platinum VIP subscription. Be a VIP. 
Call 844-711-8800 to learn more. Offer details apply. One login for activated vehicle. Not available in Canada. Now for some history on the Church of Satan. Church of Satan counterculture group founded in the United States in the 1960s by Anton Sander LaVey. Born in 1930, passed in 1997, born Howard Stanton LaVey. Contrary to his name, the church did not promote evil, but rather humanistic values, or so said Anton Sander LaVey. LaVey, a former carnival worker, had absorbed a variety of occult and ritual magic teachings over the years, which he incorporated into tenets of the church he founded on Wall. Pergashant, or May Eve, April 30th in 1966. His appearance on U.S. television and other media coverage attracted initial covert converts, though there were never more than a few thousand members at any one time. Reports of the colorful rituals held in LaVey's San Francisco home, which he had painted black, kept the church in the news. Several celebrities, including Jane Mansfield, Sammy Davis Jr., and so on, were associated with his church. LaVey set down the teachings and rituals of the church in the Satanic Bible, which he authored in 1969. The church did not worship Satan as the Christian embodiment of evil or even as an existing being. Instead, LaVey taught that his infernal majesty was a symbol of humanistic values, much as self-assertion, rebellion against unjust authority, vital existence, and undefiled wisdom. LaVey's term for wisdom without any admixture of error. Rituals were designed as psychodramas that encouraged members to develop their egos and to leave behind their lives as submissive weaklings. Included in the rituals was a black mask complete with a nude female used as an altar. During the early years of the church, LeVay authorized the formation of local chapters in Grotos across the United States in the 1970s. A number of schisms occurred, including the defection of one of its key lieutenants, Michael Aquino, who founded the rival temple of Set. In response to these schisms, LeVay disbanded the Grotos, but the church continued as a loose affiliation of individual members associated with the national headquarters in 1997, following LeVay's death. Blanche Barton became the leader of the church. A traditional holiday, Walpurgis Night, celebrated on April 30th in Northern Europe, and Scandinavia. In Sweden, typical holiday activities include the singing of traditional spring folk songs and the lighting of bonfires. In Germany, the holiday is celebrated by dressing in costumes, playing pranks on people, and creating loud noises meant to keep evil spirits away. Many people also bang blessed sprigs of foliage from houses and barns to ward off evil spirits, or they leave pieces of bread spread with butter and honey called Entkinschnit, also offerings for phantom hounds. In Finland, Walpurgis Night and May Day are effectively merged into a single celebration that is usually referred to as Vapu, and that is among the country's most important holidays. Initially, Walpurgis
Lycurgus night was celebrated by the Finnish upper class. Then, in the late 19th century, students, most notably engineering students, took up its celebration. Today, merrymaking on the evening of April 30th often augmented with the drinking of alcohol and beverages, particularly sparkling wine. The carnival-like festivities carry over to the next day, frequently taking on a family dimension. As friends and relatives picnic in parks among balloons and costume Sima, a homemade low-alcohol and sometimes not-so-low-alcohol type of mead. The origins of the holiday date back to pagan celebrations of fertility rites and the coming of spring. After the Norse were Christianized, the pagan celebration became combined with the legend of St. Walburga, an English-born nun who lived in Heidenbein Monastery in Germany and later became the abscess there. Walburga was believed to have cured the illness of many local residents. Walburga is traditionally associated with May because of a medieval account of her being canonized upon the translation of her remains from their place to burial to a church circa 870. Although it is likely that the date of her canonization is purely coincidental to the date that the pagans celebrate of spring, people were able to celebrate both events under church law without fear of repercussion. Experience Columbus's newest and most entertaining haunted attraction, Carnage Haunted House. Carnage Haunted House and their monsters return to an all-new indoor 16,000-square-foot location at 3770 Refugee Road, home of intense terror that's guaranteed to scare. Featuring the bayou, the entity, and more, experience the thrill of two of Columbus's most immersive attractions and terrifying all-indoor haunts under one roof. For ticket prices and hours of operation, visit them on Facebook or check out Carnage Haunted Ten things to know about the psychology of cults. Both terrifying and utterly fascinating, cults have a tendency to capture the attention of just about everyone. Questions abound. Where do these people come from? What are they really doing inside these secluded compounds? Most interesting, perhaps, are the psychological components of cult life. Questions such as, who in the world would fall for that? In an effort to answer these questions and more... I've provided a list of 10 things to know about the psychology of cults. For starters, cults are attractive because they promote an illusion of comfort. Humans desire comfort, and in a fearful and uncertain world, many turn to cults because they tend to promote exactly what John Patrick Peterson, or psychologist at Caltech, has pointed out that cult leaders often make promises that are totally unattainable, but also offered by no other group in society. Such things might include financial security, total health, constant peace of mind, and eternal life. These things every human desires at the deepest level. Cults also satisfy the human desire for absolute answers. Today's world is a tough one, with more abstract issues than there are issues that are just black and white. As Dr. Adrian Furham describes in Psychology Today, humans crave clarity. Many people join cults because they believe they are being offered solid, absolute answers for questions such as good versus evil, religion, the meaning of life, politics, etc. Many cult leaders promote messages that are simple and seem to make sense, the exact opposite of what we're often provided with typical everyday life.
This screams the sociopathic behavior and tendencies of Donald Trump and his Kool-Aid drinking madman cult crawling out from under the rocks and pandering to the undereducated, poorly educated, easily duped. The list goes on. Those with low self-esteem are more likely to be persuaded by the cult environment. People are often surprised to learn that those who join cults are, for the most part, average people. They come from all backgrounds, all zip codes, all tax brackets, all races, colors. But research done in the past two decades has found an interesting pattern. Many people successfully recruited by cults are said to have low self-esteem. Cults generally do not look to recruit those with certain handicaps or clinical depression. However, people with low self-esteem are easier to break down than they are to build up in an effort to teach them that the cult is the supportive environment they are looking for. New recruits are love-bombed. Once people have been recruited by a cult, they are often what's referred to as love-bombed. You get this in a lot of far-right evangelical churches. This odd phrase is commonly used to describe the ways in which someone with low self-esteem is consistently flattered, complimented, and seduced into order to train their brain to associate the cult with love and acceptance, like a family. Statistically, women are more likely than men to join a cult, but women are used as a way to seduce men into joining cults. According to various research, uh, women make up a whopping 70% of cult members around the globe. Psychologists have different ideas about why more women than men join cults. Dr. David Bromley of Virginia Commonwealth University points out that women simply attend more social gatherings, either religious or otherwise. This makes women statistically more likely to join cults than will ultimately victimize them. Others suggest it has to do with the fact that women have been oppressed for much of human history. Therefore, they are more comfortable being under an authority figure and being told what to do and how to think. Still, others write this off as a total crock. Emma Klein, the author of the best-selling cult-themed novel The Girls, theorizes that young women are often taught to seek the attention of men and to wait for rescue. Joining a cult, says Klein, is a way for many young women to feel as if they are seizing their destiny. Many cult members have rejected religion. Dr. Stanley H. Kath, a psychologist and psychology professor at Tufts University, has treated more than 60 former cult members over the course of his career. From this unique firsthand experience, Kath has noticed an interesting trend. Many people who join cults have experienced religion at some point in their lives and in the end have rejected it. Perhaps this is surprising considering many cults tend to be super religious or at least claim to be. But Dr. Kath asserts that this trend is a sign of something deeper. Many of those who join cults are intelligent young people from sheltered environments. Growing up in such an environment, says Dr. Kath, often means that many have a history of failing to achieve intimacy, of blaming others for their failures, and of constantly striving for perfectionist goals. These characteristics make them prime targets for cult recruitment. Cults maintain their power by promoting an us-versus-them mentality. The current GOP, for example, has become a cult within itself. 
Cults prove powerful because they are able to successfully isolate members from their former non-cult lives. Scientology rings a bell. One of the ways cult leaders achieve this is to convince their followers that they are superior to those not in the cult. This is us versus them mentality. Ultimately leads to cult members isolating themselves socially from friends and family. They replace those relationships with new ones inside the cult. The Jehovah's Witnesses behave this way. Cult leaders are masters at mind control. Cult leaders convince their victims to separate themselves from society, give up personal possessions, and sometimes huge sums of money. They convince people to buy into whatever they are promoting. To do all this, the cult leader must be a master at mind control. Ways in which leaders gain control over cult members vary, but some popular methods include public humiliation. New cult members may be love-bombed shortly after their arrival, but once they are established, the cult leaders often maintain emotional control through various exercises meant to publicly humiliate a member. One of such methods involves someone sitting in a chair surrounded by other members, at which time they are required to admit their recent failures, base thoughts, shortcomings, etc. Self-incrimination is another way. A favorite tactic of some infamous cult leaders, Jim Jones. Self-incrimination requires cult members to provide their leader with written statements detailing their individual fears and mistakes. The cult leader can then use these statements to shame individual members publicly. Donald Trump does this with his cabinet members and those that are a part of his committees and boards. Brainwashing. Cult leaders, it's another way that they maintain control, are known to repeat various lies and distortions until members find it difficult to distinguish between reality and cult life. Donald freaking Trump exhibits this behavioral trait and this tendency on an hour-to-hour -hour basis, if not minute-by-minute. Minute. Paranoia is another means of control to maintain a false sense of comfort. Cults often rely on paranoia tactics. Cult leaders convince their victims that a group, their families, and or the government is out to get them, but that the cult can provide safety. Once a cult member comes to the conclusion that their families and country cannot keep them safe, they begin to worship and put all their faith in their cult leader. Jim Jones was especially skilled at this type of mind control trick. He would encourage members to spy on each other and consistently spoke through loudspeakers at all hours of the day so that cult members would hear his voice, whether awake or asleep. Cult members often have no idea they are even in a cult. Often it can be obvious to those around them. People in cults often don't realize that they have become a part of a cult. Psychologist Dr. Margaret Thaler Singer spent most of her career studying the psychology of cults and brainwashing. She found that most people enter a cult willingly without realizing the power that it has bound to have over them. Singer theorizes that it is partly because some people are more willing to see the perceived benefits than they are the potential dangers. She also mentions that many people assume cults are only religious, Through, uh, though in truth, cults can also be political groups. The Republican freaking party of 2020 is a prime example can also be lifestyle groups or business groups. Cult life can have a dangerous and lasting effect. Cult victims often spend years overcoming the emotional damage incurred during their time spent in a cult. Psychologists often treat former cult members routinely 
described the long-term effect being an occult environment can have on the human body. Dr. John G. Clark Jr. is a Harvard psychiatry professor and the co-founder of the nonprofit group which treats former members and their families from cult behavior. He specifically mentions that the symptoms of the temporal lobe epilepsy are similar to those seen or reported as resulted from cult conversions. Increased irritability, loss of libido, or altered sexual interest, ritualism, compulsive attention to detail, mystic states, humorlessness, and sobriety, heightened paranoia, all connect to a cult-like mentality and those trying to overcome it. Well, that is it for this week. Thank you so much for hanging in there. This is Neil Parks, your host for Paranormally Speaking, award-winning author, screenwriter, and podcaster. I'll be back next week with more strange and unusual, unheard of, and downright scary information, fun facts, and news to share. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode as I took a quick dive into the history of the Church of Satan and celebrities that are affiliated with the Satanic Church or Satan worship in general. Have a terrific weekend. Keep your head up. Go with God. Keep your mind and your soul clean. Have a great rest of the week, and be careful out there. The world is getting worse. Thank you.